Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach's Corner. So a question I get so often on the show and with clients and workshops is, what do I do when I feel stuck? What do I do when I know what my patterns are? I know why I'm doing it. I've analyzed myself. I know the childhood wounding that's coming into play, but I just can't shift it. So I wanted to bring on someone that I thought would be great at answering this question because so much about getting out of stuckness is being able to surrender. And I knew my friend, Coot Blackson, who I'll tell you more about in a second, would be such the perfect person to talk passionately about the magic of surrender. Let me tell you a little bit about Coot. He is a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. He speaks at countless events around the world. He is a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, a select group of the 100 world's foremost authorities in personal development industry. That's one of the places we connected as I was in the group as well. He's the winner of many awards. He's awesome. He's the son of a preacher, which you will get from this episode. And his mission is simple, to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. You can get his latest book, The Magic of Surrender, at Amazon and all the book places. And I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, which is Organifi. You always get 20% off all of your Organifi products when you go to Organifi.com slash over it and use over it as the promo code. Today, I want to talk to you about their green product. So eating healthy and getting your nutrition shouldn't be a pain in the butt, time consuming and expensive. And organic veggies can get pretty expensive and not always that convenient to shop for, depending on where you live and what season it is, so on and so forth. So you can subscribe to Organifi and get their green powder delivered. And it costs only $1.98 per day to get like a, basically vegetables in a powder. And you can really, really trust Organifi's product. I love them. I love the way that they make things. I love their ethos and I love the way their products taste. Their green has a clinical dose of ashwagandha made with clinically studied KSM 66 ashwagandha to help reduce stress, promote relaxation, improve quality of life, support a healthy immune system, promote memory and concentration, control stress-related things, food cravings, support quality of sleep, support physical performance and endurance, and support sexual health. Hey, pretty good for $1.95 a day. <laughs> and if you don't want to subscribe, you can just go to Organifi.com slash over it and get 20% off any of your orders using the promo code over it. And on to my interview with Coop Blackson. Welcome back to the show. So happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. Really, really appreciate you. I'm trying to think how long we've known each other. It's been well over a decade, maybe close to two. We're not, I don't think quite two, but we're definitely ten plus over a decade for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 10 sure. plus for sure. Well, and it's been yeah. amazing to watch your journey. And one of the things that you are really, really great at is helping people mm. get out of stuck, like helping with breakthrough. You have this way, you have this piercing love <laughs> that just really speaks to people. And I've experienced that from you. And mm. I know people that have done events of yours who have experienced that. And one thing that my audience deals with a lot is just feeling stuck, feeling like they, they know the reasons why they're in a pattern. They know they're childhood issues. They, they can see it, they know it, and they just can't change it. They just can't seem to break out of it. And they're frustrated with themselves and they don't know what to do. They've tried all the things. 
So I would love for you to speak a little bit about when, you know, have you ever been in that place where you can, it's like you're watching yourself just do the same things over and over and know the patterns and know the reasons, but can't seem to break out of it. So one, have you ever been there? And two, how would you coach people through that place? Mm. A few different questions and a few different angles. It's hard, you know, as human beings uh, when we're stuck and especially in the place that you're talking about when we're, we feel like we've tried everything and we've done everything and we've researched everything and we've processed everything and we know our shit and we're just going around and around. Um, and sometimes I think it can feel like the, the more we push and the harder we try, the more stuck we get. And we push even harder and we get even more stuck. And so if someone's in that place, I'll speak for what has helped me. I think if you're in that stuck place, it might be a bit counterintuitive, but to relax and rather than trying to break through, rather than push harder to move through, rather than push harder to heal yourself, just come into a level of acceptance that you're stuck. Like, actually accept that you're stuck. Embrace that you're stuck. Be with your stuckness. Because sometimes, in an effort to get unstuck fast, we are sometimes running away from what is underneath the stuckness, and sometimes just coming into relationship with what is, I'm freaking stuck, I'm resisting, I'm not healing, I'm not changing. Coming into acceptance with that moves us out of resistance. And I think if we're able to just hold our stuckness, be with our stuckness, be with our resistance, it can shift our entire relationship with the process of trying to break through and the process of trying to heal ourselves. And I think sometimes there is a motivation there can be a motivation inside of us to heal ourselves, to get unstuck, to get somewhere other than where we are. To If I can heal myself, then I'm going to be okay. Then I'm going to be enough. And so sometimes I think the motivation for trying to facilitate a breakthrough or shift, it can come from lack of self-acceptance or lack of, um, or even self-hatred. Mm. And, and, and And so I think, Sometimes the unconscious aspect inside of us, there is like an intelligence inside of us that resists transforming, resists breaking through, resists healing because there's a deeper, let's say, intention that, that is trying to bring us into a deeper level of unconditional loving for who we are exactly as we are that is not based on shifting or changing or transforming. I don't know if that makes sense. And, yeah, and so, completely. <laughs> so how you go about transforming and the motivation for the breakthrough and the transformation and how you hold yourself as you go through it and the drive, I think, is almost as important as the breakthrough that we're trying to, to facilitate, the breakthrough we're trying to go for. Like when we finally get to that breakthrough, then I'm going to be okay, then I'm going to be enough, then I'm going to be. And I think if we can realize that, it can start shifting how we hold ourselves 
as we're going through the breakthrough and how we hold the breakthrough and how we work with ourselves in the process of trying to break through. And so, like, for instance, for myself, many, many years ago, even when we first met in that zone, one of my real stuck patterns, I'll take a a small one, but to be honest, it, it would play out in so many different ways of my life. And in many ways, it's been a lifelong, you could say, soul lesson, which has been learning about patience. And maybe people can relate to it. But for me, I used to be one of the most freaking impatient people on the planet. You know, everything had to happen now, needed to have everything now, needed to shift now, everything has to, like people have to move now. I would be so impatient in line, so impatient with experiences and so much of my life seemed to sometimes manifest slowly or much slower than I would want. And so with this pattern of being impatient with myself, being impatient with people, there was always this place of like, when I finally realized how it was affecting my way of being with people, with friends, with those I love, with life causing, you know, this sense of frustration, like I I should be further along. There was this way of like, oh, patience. Patience is this idealized idea of how I thought I would be when I was patient, how I thought I would be in this enlightened patient zone. And so I would beat myself up trying to hurry up my becoming patient and in the process becoming less patient. And so I think if we can meet ourselves with a bit of of grace, you know, meet ourselves with a bit of tenderness, meet ourselves with a bit of a bit of kindness, you know, a bit of gentleness, a bit of understanding. Uh, because sometimes to shift and to break through, even though it's what we want, and on one level, what we're going for, a shift, a breakthrough, a shift in perception, a shift in identity, for certain parts of us, it's terrifying. For the ego, change. So as much as we want to change, to change and break through and be more and, and express more and expand into that next level of life and who we are and let go and surrender and free ourselves is so scary for our ego. Ego being that perceived sense of what we believe ourselves to be, that perceived sense of what we've been conditioned to be based on you know, childhood experiences that has been reinforced by life and society and religion and parents and you know, friends and family and those around us. And so for the ego, the ego, what we identify as, what we believe ourselves to be, change feels scary. Change feels terrifying. Change, transformation feels surrender, letting go of ideas and perceptions and identity and belief systems about who we are which is what is necessary for a breakthrough is so scary to the ego because it feels like a death. And so as much as we try to break through, there's often parts of our own egoicity, egoness that hold on so, uh, that grip so tightly to remaining the same. And, and, and often we're not even conscious of it because some of those ego patterns are so ingrained inside of us, inside of our bodies, inside of our minds, inside of our you know, neurons, inside of our nervous system, inside of our way of being, that we actually believe that the version of ourselves that we are is who we are. 
and and so change so there can be these parts of us that resist change and so i think if we understand that like the ego's job is to reinforce its existence and the ego's job is to protect us from getting hurt again like we were hurt when we were children and so the ego is often a creation and reaction to those experiences that happened when we were young and and as a result we're like oh if if i really break through and i really let go and i really like open my heart even though i want to and i let love in then oh shit i i might actually set myself up to get hurt like i was hurt and so no so there's this often unconscious like holding to the way things are as a self protective mechanism i think if we can understand that nature of the ego which is what we believe ourselves to be, but it's not what we really are. It's a pattern of conditioning. Ego is a process, not a thing. I think if we can understand that, then then part of the breakthrough is not even a breakthrough. Part of the breakthrough becomes, can we hold ourselves right. with compassion and tenderness and grace? So, so that as we hold ourselves with that compassion, even if we change, even if we don't change, that 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 part of us that might be resisting a breakthrough can feel safe enough to soften, mm-hmm. safe enough to relax, you know, safe enough as we hold ourselves with that understanding. It's like, yeah, this aspect, this part of us that is holding on has been our friend. And it's 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 we've learned these kind of adaptive patterns and ways of being to function and survive. And it worked for us when we were five. It worked for us when we were 10. It worked for us when we were 15. But often we've reached a point, which is why we're seeking that breakthrough, where it's no longer working for us. And so I think sometimes the breakthrough isn't the breakthrough. It's, it's just meeting ourselves, to hold ourselves with patience, to hold ourselves with just tenderness and compassion and loving and just allow the, the parts of us that are so holding on to just feel safe enough to relax. And sometimes it's a slower process. Yep. Of just gentle opening and gentle relaxation and meeting ourselves with love, just, you know, step by step, step by step along the way. And that's beautiful. I mean, the way you explained that was beautiful and I completely agree. And it, the challenge is in those moments where we think, but if I had this thing, if only this thing was different, then I could love and accept myself. You know, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like It's hard. You know, hard. especially if you're dealing with a health thing or a breakup or a financial thing. You know, it's hard to move into acceptance when you can't pay your bills and you're wanting to look for a solution. But oftentimes when we're in that, let me find the solution, let me do the breakthrough, let me figure out how I break this pattern, we are blocking the deeper lesson of really learning to, to love and accept ourselves. You know, I think that mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about self-love and uh, often I think people confuse self-care with self-love. They may be really good at doing things to take care of themselves, but true self-love is that unconditional love and radical acceptance. doesn't mean that you never judge yourself. We're still human, but it is catching yourself when you're judging yourself and forgiving yourself for judging yourself and mm-hmm. moving into that place of acceptance as, as much as possible. So everything you're saying, I completely relate to and agree with. It's like on that practical level, we can talk about the bill thing if you want. Yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, because I think a lot of people. So yes, so so so. Like, well, I can't accept myself, and I'm judging myself because I'm not paying my bills. Like that, that won't necessarily help you pay your bills. You know, judging yourself more 
and beating yourself up more for not being able to pay your bills and not having enough money will only create more stress, move you into more sort of fight or flight survival mode, which will disconnect you from flow and your resourcefulness and your creativity. You won't be thinking straight. You're going to be even more disempowered to shift your situation. And so I would say, yes, you know, a step one would be to come into acceptance. Like, this is the situation. This is the situation. You can't change something until you're in relationship with it. And so there's a level of acceptance and surrender to what is that is needed. This is the situation. This is the current reality. There's no resisting the reality. There's no denying the reality. <clears throat> this is the reality. I have X amount in my bank account. This is what's happening. This is the situation. The challenge is when we start spinning in judgment and we start going into, as you know, negative future fantasies about all the, the, the worst case scenarios of things that might happen, could happen, possibly might happen, but haven't happened yet. We're not in the present moment. And so if we can just come into that acceptance, realizing that it is what it is, and no matter how much we judge ourselves and how much we try, sometimes we try to judge ourselves and beat ourselves up thinking like that's going to be a motivational strategy. But I think even if we motivate ourselves from sort of self-abuse and self-judgment, <clears throat> that form of motivation is never sustainable in the long run. We will end up, there will be a part of us that usually will end up at some point, even if we achieve a goal, even if we achieve a certain amount of money, a certain amount of success <clears throat> by being very harsh on ourselves, usually an internal part of us will end up rebelling as an FU at some point. Uh, and so what we create won't be sustainable. And so I think if we can come into acceptance, this is what is, this is where it's at. Then we can start, <clears throat> then we can start focusing on, okay, what is in my control? Simple, but what is it? But, but when we're, when we're judging ourselves and we're in that fight or flight survival, disempowered space, we're often not thinking straight. So when we come into that acceptance, Acceptance doesn't mean you do nothing. It means you then look around and you, you start, I would say, if you're in that scarcity mindset, you're not connecting to abundance. And so one thing I would say is, you know, tap into the, the, the abundance that you do have. Like, what do you have? What do you have to be grateful for? To me, abundance is not just what you have, but it's about how you feel about who you are, how you feel about what you have. And so look around and Let's just begin acknowledging what you do have, what is beautiful, what is great. I think what, when we focus on what's beautiful about us, <clears throat> what is beautiful about us will also begin to expand and we'll be able to tap into some of the gifts that are inherent already inside of us that won't be able to uh, be expressed when we're busy judging ourselves and focusing on what is not beautiful about us. And so watering the grass where it's at when we can water our own grass, then there's a blossoming. Then those inner resources be begin to become accessible to us. And so, so, so acceptance doesn't mean sit there and do nothing and just don't pay your bills. But then we can go into from a more resourceful place, from a more positive place, from a more creative place. We can go into a deeper level of creativity, a deeper level of resourcefulness to start feeling into Okay, what what is in my control? What can I do? What can I do differently? What what, what how how can I create more money, more abundance in my life? And so 
it, it doesn't mean sort of an abdication of responsibility and sitting there in kind of a self-contractive state, you know? Yeah. I, that, I think there's a difference between surrender and resignation, a big difference. Yes. You know, when we surrender, we're st- we still are taking some action. We just are less attached to the outcome. But when mm-hmm. we resign, that's when we're just like, well, life doesn't work out for me anyway. We get a little in that victim archetype. And it's, like, it's okay. giving up. Yeah, it's giving, giving up. up. It's giving up. I want to talk about testing the universe a little bit because I think sometimes yeah. when we're in that place of resignation where we are like, okay, universe, if, if I am really loved, prove it to me. <laughs> and we, we wait for the universe to, to prove that like, you know, it, it actually does exist and love actually does exist. I don't know if my question makes sense, but you know, it's kind of like testing the universe. I'd love you to talk a little bit about that, about how sometimes we get in these places of like testing the universe and saying we're surrendering, but really waiting to see if we're proven right, you know, that we aren't cared about and we are a victim <laughs> and our life is awful or we're waiting for that miracle. Does my question make sense? Kind of. I mean, I, I kind of get where you're going. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll try and just share some thoughts and yeah, yeah. obviously feel free to chime in and we can wrap back and forth. You know, testing the universe is also perhaps a sign deep down that we are not trusting the universe. And if we're putting that out, then, you know, not trusting the universe really becomes our affirmation and what we will tend to focus on and what we will tend to create and attract as a way to reinforce our current belief system and identity. And so I would just say, and what I've kind of found for myself is, you know, if we really step back, how can we not trust life? Like, really? You know, I mean, I know it sounds, people say, well, how, how do you trust life? How the hell do we not trust life? Every, like, every moment, life is, if we step back, that doesn't mean life isn't challenging and there aren't difficulties and it certainly isn't perfect, but I think every moment, life is loving us. Every breath we have, every breath, life is loving us. Every moment, it's giving us so much freely testing the universe, but you know, we wake up every day and there's never a day that the sun doesn't shine. There's never a day that the moon isn't out. There's never a day that oxygen isn't flowing. And so right now, maybe you had lunch. None of us are sitting here going, Oh, I I need to digest my food, digest, 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 digest. There's this, there is an innate intelligence that is doing it, that is unfolding, unfolding through us, in us, as us. And for me, this, this is a kind of proof of the love of life, the the love of existence, the love of the universe, the love of God, the love of the divine, every moment that is functioning us and breathing us and living us. And so on that level, I think we're being loved each moment even if it doesn't seem that way. And I would say often when things don't go our way and when we don't get what we want, or I should say what we think we want, that's often when we lose faith and that's often when we lose trust and that's often when we're like, oh, universe doesn't love me. But if some of us were to think back, I'll think back, think back with me. If we think back, And I'll think back, Christine, you know some of my history, right? If I think back to some of the relationships that I was in, if everyone can think back and you were, you think back to that person that you you thought was the one. 
like I've met the one. And you remember Christina probably said this to you a few times, Christina, I met the one. <laughs> and, and you smile, you know, we talked about it. And, and if everyone thinks back to that person that they thought were the one and you, you thought you were going to get married and have kids and you couldn't imagine life any other way. And then, sure enough, it didn't work out. You were devastated. You couldn't believe it. You felt cursed. You didn't think you were going to find love again. And you lost faith and trust in life and God and the universe. But maybe a few years went by. You did the inner work. You did the inner healing. You healed your heart. You let go. A few years went by. You met someone else. You trusted. But you look back now. If you look back now at that exact person 10 years ago that you were with, 15 years ago, five years ago, maybe you're like me and you think, what the hell was I thinking? Like, like, like how, like, thank God that didn't happen. Like, thank God that didn't work out. Like, thank the universe. And so sometimes when we go through an experience, it seems like all hell is breaking loose. The universe doesn't love me. Life doesn't love me. From the perspective of the ego, it can seem like the worst thing. Because from the, when we're locked into the, the ego's, you know, the grip of the ego identification, which we all are as human beings to some degree, from the perspective of the ego, we're not able to see the infinite possibilities. We're not able to see the infinite unfolding of what is happening in a given moment. We're only able to see through a very limited fixed point and a fixed sort of perspective and everything seems good or bad, right or wrong, up or down dualistic in nature and so what might seem like the worst thing in a particular moment as we expand our consciousness and as we evolve and as we grow and as we let go and as we gain more experience we're able to look back and then from a much more expanded perception as we loosen the grip of our own egoic identity we're able to see like oh what seemed like the worst thing was actually the best thing even though i was not able to see it in the moment and so in the moment, it can seem like the worst thing. Oh, freaking, I'm going to test the universe and the universe doesn't love me. But then you start seeing like, shit, that thing not working out, that, that relationship not going according to plan, that person betraying me, cheating on me, you know, leaving me, the business not working out, things falling apart. That was grace. I wasn't able to see it then because I was so in that moment locked into my ego's expectation, perception, identity, but I'm able to see clearly now, you know, from a different perspective. It, it, it was grace that they left. It was grace that, that, you know, they broke up with me. It was great. It was, that was the love of the universe. I think back to some of my relationships, Christine, and I think back and I think to myself, damn, like, damn, thank God I didn't freaking marry that woman. Like, thank God, the great people, but I think, like, thank God I didn't have a kid with that person. Thank God. I would be so, I don't know, I don't say screwed, but I, it would be a mess. And, and, and I wasn't able to see it at the time. And so I think when things don't work out, rather than going into, we, we either tend to contract, collapse, complain, or feel like we're cursed by life and God doesn't love us. 
rather than kind of, if we can just relax in those moments, rather than contract into the ego and make up, a, we tend to make a meaning about what is, what didn't happen or what didn't go according to plan. But the meanings that we make are often very limited and are interpreted through the limited lens of our ego perception. But if we're able to just relax in those moments for a moment and cultivate curiosity, just a moment of curiosity, I'm not saying it's pleasant. I'm not saying there's not certain feelings we're going to have to feel through and grief we're going to have to acknowledge on a human level. But if we're able to just relax for a moment and breathe for a moment and just step back and get curious, like, why is this happening? What could be happening? What lesson is my soul seeking to learn even in this, you know, difficult situation? What is seeking to have? What is the opportunity? Which is not always easy to do in the moment. But if we're able just to at least step back and just get curious and go, I'm curious. Like life sh show me. Maybe I won't see it now, but I guarantee I think I've seen through my life the hand of grace, the hand of God's love, divine love, the universe's love in what seemed like some of the darkest moments. And it didn't make sense in that moment but it made sense later. It made sense way later. And so I think if we were just to stay in that openness, you know, and say, okay, God, I, God, I don't, I don't understand why this is happening. I'm feeling a bit abandoned. I'm feeling unloved by life and the universe, but show me, like reveal to me what is seeking to happen, mm. you know? And, and so like, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you a personal example, Christine. I mean, you know, a little bit, uh, uh, COVID hit, as you know, we, you and I talked a little bit and COVID hit for me doing events and seminars. COVID hit freaking hard. You know, I was traveling 200 days, filling rooms, what have you. COVID hit hard. Boom, zero, everything. See, I was, I was pissed off, mad at the universe. Couldn't believe it. Like I can't give my gift and the, all of this stuff. And I had to come into acceptance, which was hard. I had to grieve, which was hard. I had to let go and, and I didn't understand. And I remember being in a moment where I was like testing the universe, like universe, like what's the deal here? I don't understand why this is happening. And long story short, I won't bore you with the details, but 2023 now I look back and I, I kind of understand, at least for me, I mean, we all had our process with COVID and whatever people believe they believe. But for me on a spiritual level, what I'm able to see Really looking back now is how if everything didn't happen, like when COVID hit, I moved to Phoenix. I needed to move to Phoenix to fulfill some, you could say, relationship karma with a person. I met a woman who I thought I was going to marry, didn't unfold. My soul learned the lessons that I needed to learn in that relationship. As you know, then I ended up leaving Phoenix. Didn't understand why I went to Phoenix. Went to Miami. Didn't understand. You and I, last time I saw you, I think was in Miami. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I'm in Miami. Like, what the hell am I doing in Miami? I have no idea why the hell I've moved to Miami, Christine. Didn't understand. Being bounced around by the universe. Universe, what the hell are you doing to me? I'm in Miami thinking I'm going to be in Miami for the rest of my life now. Like, whoa, I'm done with LA. I'm, 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 I'm moving to Miami. And ended up in Miami a year. 
long story short, the end of my, the end of 2021, I think it was thereabouts, I was guided to go to Brazil. I won't bore you with the whole story, but I was guided to go to Brazil. Long story short, in Brazil, I met the woman I, I've married. Mm. And I look back now, and I think, and I see God's love. I see the love of the universe. Because the woman I married didn't fit my ego's idea of the ideal scene. I don't want to say the ideal scene, my ego's perception of what I had thought she was going to be like, which was the limitation of my own ego. And I realized that had COVID not happened, I would not have been open. Mm. Had COVID not happened, Christine, I would not have moved to Miami. And I realized that the only freaking reason I moved to Miami, because if I was not in Miami and I was in LA, I would not have been open to going to Brazil because it's too damn far. The only reason I went to Miami was I got a guidance and I was only seven hours away nonstop. So it was like nothing. And I saw that, shit, if I had not moved to Miami, I probably would not have gone to Brazil and I probably would not have met my wife. And so many of the incredible things that for me have unfolded in love in the last year and a half would not have happened had mm. I not met my wife. And, and, and so now I, I really see business falling apart, COVID, shit falling apart, moving to Phoenix, you know, feeling like the universe just left me, what the hell? I see how now underneath all of that was just love mm. and grace guiding me, you know, guiding me. But I wasn't able to see it in the moment. But now looking back, I'm like, wow, I see, I see why things needed to be that way so that I would be open. And so I know folks listening, when we're going through the, the stuff, it's not easy and it's hard and we're human. And I think part of surrender is to acknowledge the human and, you know, have your tantrum and have your tears and grieve fully and cry and, you know, allow those emotions to move through and just allow it and keep trusting. Mm. You know, mm. And keep trusting. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it is, that is spirituality. <laughs> you know, so much of, I it's think what? what we think spirituality uh, to me, yeah. like, I think a lot of times we think spirituality is, oh, I go to this church or I do this meditation or I chant this chant and that's all part of it. But it, the, the act of spirituality, the, the, the human and the divine coming together is when we're on our knees in that place of this is not what I want. This is not what I like but trusting there is reason. I mean, a lot of people know this story. I I was living in a beautiful place in, in Encinitas. It was my dream home and my landlord didn't renew my lease and just kicked me out very unexpectedly. And go. had that not happened, I never would have met my husband. And I was devastated. Mm -hmm. I felt so displaced. I just moved there. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm too old for this. What is, what's happening? I put all my stuff in storage and was a nomad. I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't like this. I like mm -hmm. having my home and having my stuff and not living out of a suitcase, but it, it led to meeting Steph. And mm -hmm. I'm sure many people listening can think of those examples. And it's, it's good to be reminded because this is stuff we know. Anyone that's been in the personal mm -hmm. development world knows this, 
but it's, it, we need to be reminded because, you know, there might be people listening right now that are in a great place in, in their life where they, they know the end of a story. They understand why something hard worked out the way it did, but there may be people right now who are in the hard place and may not know the end of the story yet. And there may even be people that feel like they've been in the hard place forever and wonder if it will ever, ever get better. And I'd love for you to share any, because one of the questions I get so much on the podcast is how, 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 give me the action steps, give me the practical things I can do to surrender and accept myself, (laughs) which is a funny question, right? Because it's like, all right, it's not really a practical thing. It's more of a feeling and a practice that we get into. But I'm curious, Coot, if you have any tips on kind of more that action 3D level of, or practices of what people could do to really start to embody these principles we're talking about, of acceptance, surrender, love, and trust. Surrender. In terms of surrender, one thing I would invite people to, like there is a subtle difference between acceptance and surrender. Acceptance is one phase. The next phase, there's another, there's another phase, and then there's surrender. And so often people, sometimes we get to a place of, okay, I accept what's happening. I'm pissed off at what's happening, but I freaking accept it. But, but we're still kind of subtly closed, still a little mad, still a little resentful, still a little upset, even though we're accepting. It's raining outside. I accept it's raining outside. I'm going to take an umbrella outside, but I'm a bit mad it's raining outside because I wanted to go, go swimming. And so between acceptance and surrender is a phase that is often missed by, I would say, us spiritual folks. And that phase is grieving. To me, grieving is a portal in the doorway to true surrender. Surrender is the open-hearted participation, the open-hearted participation in the process that is life. And so I would invite people to sit with, okay, what have I not grieved? It's hard to surrender to the new possibilities and be excited about new love, new relationship, new, new opportunities. And the next year, the new business, when perhaps we're still jaded or carrying pain and resentments about things that haven't worked out or all the things that we had hoped during COVID that didn't happen, but our heart is still hurt. And, and we haven't fully, if we don't fully allow ourselves to grieve and feel and, and, and release and let go, it will be hard to truly open and surrender and participate fully in the process of life that is happening because we'll still be carrying pain. And so many times as human beings, we're not even aware that we carry a very subtle, almost invisible layer of grief in our hearts about things that weren't, things that could have been, things that we wished had, thing, un, unfulfilled dreams and expectations that we have not allowed ourselves to just acknowledge and we learn to you know, drink it away, drug it away, shop it away, sex it away. We suppress it. We don't feel it. We're afraid if we feel it fully, then we won't be able to cope. We're afraid if we feel it fully, it's going to last forever. 
But the truth is, as you know, all feelings that we truly feel fully and acknowledge will, will dissolve when we truly are with it and experience it and surrender to it and allow it to move through. And so I'd ask each people, everyone listening to sit with, write about, explore. What have I not fully allowed myself to grieve? Because I think when we allow ourselves to grieve, we allow ourselves to release. We allow ourselves to release our vibration shifts as our energy vibration you know, shifts. We get lighter as we get lighter. We become more open and um, able to surrender. And so that's one thing, just really acknowledging the grief. Um, I know for you and I spoke about this last time, but I'd invite people to sit with really look at i think one of the things that stops us from truly breaking through are all the lies that we tell ourselves which is another form of resistance it's another form of ego's denial if i don't acknowledge it i don't have to change ego doesn't want to change it wants everyone else to change because change feels like uh, a threat to its existence and so we naturally resist change and we resist surrender naturally as a self-preservation mechanism. And so if we can just sit with, okay, what lies am I telling myself? What lies am I telling myself? And just, just the courage to just begin acknowledging, writing about, what lies am I telling myself? Mm. Mm. What am I pretending to not know? What, 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 what 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 am I lying? We stay in relationships that we know are not aligned. We 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 betray ourselves. We say yes when we mean no. If we can just begin to acknowledge the lies, for me, the truth will set you free. The truth is a beginning point of surrender. The truth, you know, lying to ourselves is how we resist change and letting go. We're kind of in we're unconscious, then we go into we're in denial then we move into resistance through lying to ourselves and so if we if we can just start with like part of spiritual practice real yoga real meditation is telling ourselves the truth mm. now sometimes that can feel scary because oh shit if i tell myself the truth what would that mean to my relationship you know if i if i tell myself the truth what excuses do i have so 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 we kind of play this game of confusion and I don't know and I'm not sure when deep down we know and so I would tell people take take the pressure off of yourself of having to even take any action like you don't even have to take any action right now the only thing I would invite is if you take the pressure of having to take action like you don't have to break up you don't have to change leave your job just acknowledge the truth mm. you know what I am not in love with my husband anymore and this is not working and it scares me and it's terrifying but that's the truth i don't have to leave now i don't have to divorce but just start if we can start getting into relationship with the truth of what's really there that can slowly start a marination process inside of us and there is no transformation without truth you can't pray your way there. You can't ayahuasca your way there. You can't yoga your way there. You've got to tell the truth. If we just go to God and say, God, please help me with this. God will send us back. He will say, God will say, stop praying to me. Go tell yourself the truth because 80% of the problems we pray to God about would, I think, dissolve if we started to tell ourselves the truth. I hate my, I hate my job. I hate my job. That, it's a little scary to say that because now what? You don't have to leave. But let's just acknowledge it. Sometimes I, I tell people, don't, don't use gratitude as a spiritual bypass from acknowledging what's really there. Like, mm -hmm. I, ha I hate my job. 
It's okay. Feel that. Feel that. Because once you start telling the truth, you get into relationship with the real feeling that's there. And that might be anger. That might be frustration. That might be grief. That whatever's now feeling that feeling starts a process to help you move through. So I hate my job. Sit with that. Mm. Feel that. Mm. Let that burn. Mm. Acknowledge that. And that will begin an inner movement that will just slowly, doesn't have to be overnight, slowly move you in the direction, move you, create some internal momentum and inner fire. Because so often we deny the pain. When we lie to ourselves, it's painful. It's meant to be freaking painful. Because the pain, to me, is just a signal that we're out of alignment in some way. And so if we can get in touch with the truth to feel the pain, sit with the pain, that starts that process. Then we can get into relationship with the pain, feel the pain, acknowledge the pain, do something about it, course correct ourselves. That can then start bringing us, that that, that can start setting us up for a breakthrough, Mm. I would say. I love that. I love that. I love just the honesty, being really real with where we are. You know, being I'm all real. for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for that. Yeah. I, I don't like the whole positive vibes only spiritual bypass. Stuff. <laughs> it's just like you're just going to come right back to it. Yeah. Well, this is this is so helpful. Cool. You, you channel such beautiful. It's just a oh, transmission I feel like we received today from you. So thank you for that. And you came on last time and talked about your new book, Surrender, but it's out in paperback now, right? Yes, the surrender book is out on paperback. Yeah, Amazing. it's available on Amazon. And I imagine there's way more tips and and things that can help people do. And it's a beautiful book, beautiful stories as well. We learn so much through stories, and you're a great storyteller as well. So people can get that there and and share where else people can connect with you. Yeah, a couple of ways. Um, the book, the Magic of Surrender, Instagram, Coot Blackson, Facebook, Coot Love Now. Uh, a couple more ways. My main website, cootblackson.com. You can find out about my my events and offerings there. Uh, I do an event in Bali twice a year. This is my last year doing this event, www.boundlessblissbali.com. Uh, 12 days in Bali, we go in July. And those are a few ways. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Coot. I love you so much. I respect your work. You so I always much. learn from you. Um, and congratulations on you. your marriage and all the amazing Thank things you. that are happening in your life and just for, for being an embodied leader in this work. Appreciate you.